You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 83 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I am not Jeremiah Morrill. I am Dakota Davis. And today I have Mrs. Pat Cronk hey. and Jeremiah Morrill. Both of them are running for uh, Henry County Council in District 1. Jeremiah is, uh, of course, wearing his candidate hat today, so he's going to be I, answering the same question. I literally put the button on just so that people know who I am <laughs> in, case, in case there's any question. All right, so this show is about our lives in rural Indiana, and as always, we promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. So uh, I'm going to start asking all kinds of questions. Um, did you guys uh, did you guys get the get the sheet of questions? Jeremiah is acting like a bull in a china shop over uh, here. <laughs> yes, we did. All right, all right. Well, I have a question for you, though. Uh-oh. What's, my, what's the question? Do you know who lived here before you were here? Well, um... I'll tell you we, later. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know there was a tattoo uh, shop in here at one point in time. Okay. And a ice cream parlor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Long years ago. All right. Before I get into all the questions, uh, little, uh, little promotional things. Uh, today's episode is, of course, brought to you by, if you're watching the video, you saw the sign, uh, Wyland's Flowers in Newcastle, mm-hmm. Indiana. Wylands has been delivering top-of-the-line flowers and gifts to our area since 1951. Wylands provided the flowers for uh, my wedding and also Jeremiah's wedding. And mine. Hey. And yours? 100% yeah. covered. Wow. That's yours. awesome. So they, uh, of course, have awesome service, uh, incredible flowers from a hometown landmark business. And we are proud to say that uh, Wylands is now the official florist of the Boss Hog Liberty, uh, since, you know, all three people sitting in the studio have got their weddings done for by this them. evening. Yeah. And, well, no, there always are. I'm going to make the commitment now that whenever Chase gets married, he's going to have a Wyland's wedding uh, as well. Is he? Yeah. Ah, it's, I like that. You've got the boss hog of liberties, the word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Chase has a lot of, you know, he'll have a lot of influence on that. Oh, yeah. He, every man knows that the man is in charge of picking the flowers, right? Yeah. I sat through the flower meeting. I was in it. I was I didn't I didn't have much input but I was there. Uh so with online ordering and same day flower delivery, you have no excuse to not buy your loved ones some flowers this uh this fall. Call 765-529-6303 or you can visit wylandsflowers.net and take advantage of their service on some amazing autumn gift sets today and then of course tell them that the Boss Hog Liberty sent you. And after you get done ordering your flowers, then hop on to uh, Google Chrome, Internet Explorer, whatever you use, and uh, go to patreon.com slash Liberty because uh, that is how we keep the lights on in this building and we pay the rent is through your monthly, monthly contributions. And they still need heat in here, so <laughs> <laughs> you that, may want to give a little more. That is more directed at uh, Scott and Mike. Uh, the, the back door needs a little trimming and it's starting to get a little cool, <laughs> so it's... Uh, 
Come on, Scott. Uh, the get on the guests are uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because it's, we keep the heat down to 60 when, when we're not here. The front room is nice and toasty. It is. Well, that's because the sun beats in those windows all day long. But, yeah, hop on over to patreon.com slash Liberty. That's how you support us, and that's how you keep our program alive. Uh, so we can bring more of this content to you. We were at the uh, the meeting or the candidate forum yesterday in Middletown, um, and we will be at the candidate forum tomorrow at uh, the Henry County Courthouse, uh, live streaming that event as well. So, uh, yeah, everybody uh, hop on over there to patreon.com and uh Show us a little bit of show us a little bit of love. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, how's the solo hosting going? <laughs> Checking in on Dakota over here. It's going great. It's going great. I'm just trying to do um, three things at once. Work, working which one-handed. You know, that's apparently is the limit, but uh, I'm not really sure. So, you you told me that three is the limit earlier, and I'm now discovering that that is that is the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike Mike is blaming you for the blanket over the back door. Maybe you should put the blinds <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, there's no blinds yet. But uh, Mike, those that blanket's for warmth. That's what I was told. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, there that's right. It. Yeah, it's insulation. Okay. So, each candidate, uh you're going to have some time to give us a a brief kind of like about you, some a list of your hobbies, your professional experience and uh why you think that uh, everything you do in your personal life kind of lends itself to this job. We'll start with you, Pat. Okay, well, um, personal. Uh, I was raised here in Henry County all my life. I've lived here, um, have two sisters who moved away after they got married. Um, I'm married to Alan McCrane, my husband. He's a minister, and he has three churches on US 40, um, he's got Bethel Presbyterian Ebenezer and First Presbyterian in um, Louisville. Have two kids, Laura and Ben. I don't know if you know them, maybe not, um, but uh, Laura Cronk and Ben Cronk, and they are both married to wonderful people, and Ben and Kirsten Cronk, and their two kids live here in Newcastle, so that's wonderful, and Laura and Dave, her husband, and those two children, um, Paul and Juliet, live in New Jersey. I met the New Jersey kids at Did the you? county council meeting, I think, yeah. or county commissioner meeting yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, One of those. So I graduated from, from um, uh, Walter P. Chrysler High School, back then when it was called that, and graduated um, from Ball State. Um, I'm a nurse, and uh, I wanted to be a nurse ever since I was age five. I never swayed from that, and I've always loved it. Um, go to St. Anne's Church and was involved early on as a child singing there. My mom was a choir director there. And so I grew up singing, and singing is another part of my life. Um, Active in the community since childhood. We used to sing at the state hospital for the patients. Um, Our mom would take us. She'd play piano, and my twin sister and I would sing. Um, So I was trying to think back on some of the stuff I've done. So... um, I sang for the mental health patients. I worked for Gold Teens. I was a candy striper. Um, I wrote the letter to the editor that started the Humane Society here in town. Really? When I was about 16, I went to the dog pound at the time, and it was horrible. We had lost a dog, and it was the most horrendous situation. And um, my mom, who was a journalist, um, she used to work for the News Republican. But she said, you need to write a letter to the editor. So I did, and that caused everybody to be aware of this situation. That's gears turning. Yeah, it was really super cool. Um, so um, other personal things, I've been um, very involved in the community 
So I feel like I'm a known quantity because I, I was a Girl Scout leader, a Cub Scout leader. I was a PTA treasurer. Um, I ran bikeathons, like I would cook up all these things for good, like bikeathons and talent shows. And um, I was a part of Healthy Communities, initial starting of Healthy Communities, and involved in a, a community group that came up with the Fun Park oh, yeah. and helped uh, on the build for that. Um, I was on the initial, or one, I don't know if it was the initial, but 20 years ago, the Henry County Planning Commission for the planning for the 20-year, you know, the right. long-term plan, did that, um, was on the March of Dimes board. Um, I was president of First Nighters, and in my past life, um, and perhaps in my future as well, but I've done a lot of theater. So um, hmm. I sing, and so some people are aware of that, or they'll know my name from that. Okay. And I sing. Um, I was in Raintree County Arts Association. I'm a member of Historical Society. I love history, which is why I love this building. And I can give you some history on it because... Um, was this the Hayworth building, too? Did somebody... somebody I don't know that, Hayworth but there was Bernard and Mary Vaughn. Um, I was a home nurse for nine years. And Bernard... I can say their name now. I wouldn't if they were alive, but they've long been gone. But I was uh, Mary's nurse, and he was the most devoted husband. They lived upstairs, and um, but they lived in this building, and they had the ice cream shop. But oh, um, I'm so thrilled to be back, and I he ran a ham radio. Oh, really? So there was commu there's there's like uh, what's the word? There's some synergy with the communications yeah. taking place. <laughs> he, out of I here think now, he right? would be pleased. Uh, it was so it's very to be. touching. Yeah. Um, so I'm involved, um, or not involved? I give to the Indiana Landmarks group again for historical preservation because I believe in that um, and evidently you do to some extent I don't know how much but you're proving <laughs> some of it and um, I'm involved more recently in the hope initiatives for um, substance abuse and how do we tackle that big problem as well as the jail I'm on the um, commissioners thing for the jail um, so I don't know if you want me to go into qualifications now, but that's some of my background. I've been here, and I'm kind of a driven person. Um, like, if I care about something, and I really care about a lot of stuff that I care about. I mean, I, you know, like some people don't care, maybe, I guess, but I care, and so you ha I have to get involved. So right. is that enough yeah, for now? So, so okay, you're going to get into a qualifications later, yeah. but I'm guessing that since you have... Then another thing of qualifications, and if you ever apply for a job, your resume is going to be about 12 pages long. Well, no, they don't is want to go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> but, what you, but I have some, you know, like um, things, that you, things that you say in a resume or in an in a, um, interview, your friends may not know because yeah. that you have to brag at that oh, point, yeah. you know, so you have to say, I we, did this, I initiated that. And we, I got plenty of that. We know a lot about self-bragging. That's, yeah, that's how we have a building, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I know. If you're not that. your number one promoter, who's going to be, right? Perhaps. Yeah. I, at this point, um, I guess part of my promotion is my kids and my family because I always say they are more highly evolved than me. I do <laughs> believe that. So um, I, that was the biggest and best thing that ever happened. That I did. All right. Jeremiah, uh, what about you? Uh, wow. So about me, I'm uh, <coughs> the host of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's been a really neat project. You know, we've worked on this the last year and a half, and 
uh, it's very consistent with the goals I had for this campaign of trying to create uh, transparency and, and be involved in the conversation uh, for the future of this community. Uh, and also to inspire people. You know, th this podcast has got people that listen all over the country and even some international folks. Uh, but there's also a significant number of people from Henry County that listen and pay attention. Uh, you know, the things that we struggle with here are the same that people have all over the country. Um, so we've highlighted Henry County's issues, but they're, this, they're very, you know, you could be in central Illinois or southern Arkansas, and it's the same, same thing. Small communities, they have the same, the same struggles, and they're, they're working with the same stuff. Uh, the names might change, and the uh, the titles of the offices that you're talking about might be a little bit different, but it's the same types of issues. Uh, so I've really tried to use this platform to push transparency, and you saw that last night with us streaming the Middletown meeting. Um, just across the board, that's that's the been one of the neatest things of this of this program. Uh, professionally, I'm a you know I'm in construction sales, uh, construction supplies, so I deal with major corporations all the time. Uh, some of the biggest construction companies in in the Midwest. Are my clients, uh, and I, you know, I'm traveling right now, a five-state area, uh, trying to build roads uh, at the lowest dollar for the government. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, but we we really uh, really do like living in Henry County. I live here on purpose. Uh, I've I've said that a lot through this campaign. You know, I was uh, I was brought here as a GM transfer. My dad was ten. Uh, I my dad was a GM guy. I moved here when I was ten. We moved to a, a small hobby farm up in Blue River Township. I uh, was there through the graduation of high school, uh, home, home educated at that point. Uh, had a little hobby farm, so we had some horses and goats and sheep, and I was involved in 4-H. Uh, family moved to Rush County. I followed them down there uh, until I graduated school and then moved back to Henry County and bought a house uh, down in White Estates in, in Henry Township. Uh, so I always say I live five doors down from the city limits. So I, I'm, I'm barely <laughs> in Henry County, or barely in, uh, in the county and not in, uh, in city limits. Uh, so I get... Uh, I get to have city sewers and city water, but uh, I don't get to have a city councilman to pick on. So when they decide they're going to raise my rates, I'm just kind of I'm just hosed. Got to make friends <laughs> with them so that they listen. Don't um, hose, it'll rate. You'll have to pay more. My <laughs> rates are going to go up. We're in the we're in the group that they're going to go up about sixty bucks a month or so. Uh, I I was appointed uh, because of my time uh, with the Forge Association. Uh, I got involved in conversation about five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, when the Saddle Club and Memorial Park and the, uh, the county commissioners were having a discussion over the lease for the Saddle Club and 4-H is kind of getting cut out of the conversation. So I, I spoke up for spoke up for the 4-H interests uh, and got involved with the commissioners at that point. Uh, I spoke so much or so uh, so poorly that they said, you need a job. Uh, and I got up and they asked me to apply for the Memorial <laughs> Park Board. Got appointed to the Park Board, spent a couple of years there, uh, served as the president for a little while. Uh, because I was on the Park Board, I got picked uh, to serve on the Comprehensive Plan Steering Committee. So I was a part of that. Um, and then hobbies on my own. Um, I spend a lot of time with 4-H. I'm a 4-H alum. Uh, I was Mr. Henry County in 2000. It doesn't feel like that long ago. But it was like 18 <laughs> years ago. Um, but it, it, after that, I, you know, I've served Mr. as a 4-H. Mr. Henry County. We're back to having Mr. Henry Counties again, too. We went to 4-H ambassadors, and now we're gender-specific, so there's Mr. and Miss again. Um, but I, you know, I, I've stayed involved in that program, and it's been a very big part of my life. So uh, I've been a horse show announcer, a goat announcer, uh, goat club leader or goat committee person. I've worked with the junior leader program, which is a really special group. Um, kids from all over Henry County get together, and it's kind of the best of the best in 4-H. Um, and it's unique because you have people uh, from all of the different high schools getting together in the homeschool groups, uh, and they build lifelong friendships and learn leadership skills, and we do a lot of service. We you know, Every May, we're at the county courthouse doing mulching. and uh, Just a really neat program. 
Um, so there you go. That's about me. That's plus, about you. Plus, huh? you've heard like 82 other episodes of me. So at this yeah. point, people kind of know. <laughs> They've memorized it now. Yeah. I saw, I saw a comment today that someone said that uh, the guys on the Boss Hog Liberty are both household names. Uh, maybe in your house. Is that, yeah. I'm thinking there's like five houses, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, we no, have like 1,200, 1,300 likes now. We're, we're, uh, we're big fish in a small pond, man. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's a good way to put it. So, Jeremiah, tell me why you believe that you were the most uh, that you were the most qualified person for this job. So, I wasn't going to run again for uh, for an office this year. I was kind of looking at Coast, and I was Rex Bell's campaign manager uh, last cycle, and I was like, I'm not running for anything. And then uh, Dick Bowslog decided he was going to retire, and I looked around at the race, and I thought, yeah, I I've, I've been involved. I I was on the park board, and I really did experience the county budget and the lack of planning. Uh, and the deferred maintenance that we've had. You know, we've done nothing. I, I found documents going back to the early 90s that the, you know, the Memorial Park Board was struggling with the same things then as they were now, uh, and it's a lack of prioritization and a lack of planning and a short-sighted nature that we've had for the county council. And I said, I'm best to serve on day one. I'm ready to go. I've got a business degree. I've got a background. I went to Indiana Wesley and graduated from there. Been working uh, professionally for, a long, you know, for 15 years, and I really do think I'm the best... Uh, the best candidate to serve. So the day Dick Dick uh, decided he was going to serve out his term, I kind of tossed my head in the ring and said, I'm thinking about running, and we filed, and here we are. Yeah, I remember you telling me that you thought you were going to run, and I was like, uh, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. I mean, Rex Bell had a stroke when he was running for governor. Yeah, I haven't made it. Uh, <laughs> Rex had his stroke... Uh, <laughs> About a week from now, I think a week from now is about the two. November second was the date. The World Series was happening, and uh, yeah, we're coming up on that anniversary. So we're almost to the stroke moment. If I can get past <laughs> November second, I think we're going to be okay. I don't think you may have the, as many risk factors, perhaps. It's probably so true. You're, yeah. you're okay. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what about you, Pat? And why did you decide to run? Well, um, I have been observing what's been going on in our city, our county, our nation. Um, one reason I'm running is because I think women need to be better represented in legislature. So, and I, I wrote these things so I don't uh, forget to write. Oh, yeah. So I will read from my script. A smart lady. Um, I don't know, but um, the biggest thing that came to mind is I care. Like I care, um, and I care too much not to care about what's going on and and wanting to make a difference. So. Um, I did want to take this platform to say that I love Henry County. Like, all of us have a choice, and you said it well, that uh, we choose to live here. And um, there are so many things about Henry County that I love. Um, the people, and whether it's like uh, my daughter lives in New Jersey, and big city people, you kind of put on your big city face, and you really don't say hi when you're walking down the sidewalk. Here, you know, you say hi to people, strangers, Somebody's driving in their truck, and they give you, like, the two-finger wave. And it, you acknowledge people here, and it's, it's more personal. Um, we know that from uh, growing up in New York State. It was a, a big culture change. When, yeah. Uh, you know, my, my family, when they were, they were choosing where to live, they broke down an economy, and I think the, the local mechanic <laughs> kicks, fixed their car yeah. for about $9. Yeah. And I the, that's the place for a... It's like I the Kenny Chesney song. Yeah. This is a, where the car yeah. broke down. <laughs> well, there's a lady, she said... She was a patient of mine. She said, I wrote the book, The History of Economy. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's like this huge. And it was the history of little economy, you know, city. It was kind of cute. But um, I love the place because here in our town, 
Uh, we have the history of so many things, but we also have the historical society, the courthouse, which I love. I just love it. Um, the field house, um, Memorial Park. Um, but I also want to protect the environment because I care about the environment and animals and um, that's why I brought that as a prop, uh, but also <laughs> to support recycling. Um, you didn't bring any signs or anything. The last uh, when, Back in the primary, we let the other guy bring all kinds of signs. Oh, uh, well, and that's all right. Things draped across the table. We, all we, were right. very, we were very friendly. But I've also, um, uh, in more recent times, in the last few years, uh, protested and marched for things like he better health care for people because I take care of people that need health care. We all do. Um, passionate about learning. And I'm a good learner and an effective, uh, quick learner, oftentimes, except for this. And thank you, Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first lesson's free after that yeah. we're putting on the page. Um, and I like a challenge. Um, as far as like the qualifications, are we into that category? Is that what we're doing? Oh, yeah, here? yeah. Okay, so brag on yourself. Okay, the brag part. Okay, so um, I've been a nurse for decades, and I've always succeeded, even when I, well, I started out in emergency room. Then, when I was 25, I had the notion to uh, try out for, there were four nurse managers at Henry County Hospital, just four top nurses, and there was a position open, and I got one of them. At 25, that, it seems laughable now. So I managed a group of people who had a lot more experience than me, but I had the degree, and I had the job. And so it was a learning of, you know, uh, getting into a, a team. So um, had kids, that's part of the, at times I worked part-time. I think that any mother can say that uh, having kids is qualifications of trying to be on some kind of leadership role. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But then I went, um, after the kids were old, um, Ben was about three, I went back to Ball for 10 years in the emergency room. Um, so that experience prepared me, well, I meet anyone and everyone, where they're at, whatever situation they're at, and I can make good decisions, keep my head about me, and work as a team. Um, I've done home nursing is where I met Marion um, Bernard that lived here before. But home nursing, um, I was everywhere in, in the county, like every road, every street here in town. I can point out homes where I was. And so um, you get that I, when you start walking too. You know every yeah, little tiny court. Yeah, and, but I did this for nine years, not just <laughs> nine weeks or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so it was it was a lot of experience. Um, I, during those times, I've also managed people, and my biggest management experience was um, managing a, a budget of under a, just under a million dollars, nine hundred thousand something, back in the '90s, and I managed Addison House, which at the time they. There's cycles, and, and at the time they had some empty um, apartments, and their staffing wasn't real solid. And I got my goal was to build 10 pe people waiting list, um, and you do that by building the uh, reputation and and just building everything about the services. You want to be the so, destination for people to come yeah. in and, and, so and be I'm, the the, yeah. the, uh, the home of choice, yes. right? So I I built a stable staff. I had a, bud a great budget. I got um, lots of bonuses for that um, and managed from top to bottom about, very effectively. And I've had other managerial experiences and uh, been back at Ball Hospital, so a total of, at Ball about 22 years. But as far as working with other people in the community and at work, 
um, I've highly succeeded. Also, like in this present job, I've done two things that have been made system-wide changes. My husband always laughs and says, are you going to do another system-wide change? But, like, <laughs> I come up with ideas. I'm very that um, sounds like something I would, tell creative my, about I would that. say to my wife. Is this yeah. another system-wide? System-wide change. We've got to change everything. But it's the truth. Um, <laughs> so I like to be creative, and I like the experience of working. Like, this is fun. And, um, but I think that working on the council with qualified people, I disagree that everything's been poorly managed, though, because um, until you're in the shoes of the people making those decisions and until you know the backstories, which we don't know. Which and I don't know. But, yeah, I think... I think going off of that, if if you're a well-educated candidate, you should be asking people, asking current oh, yeah. members, you know, what's it, hey, what happened yeah. with this, and so that you can better inform yourself. Unfortunately, I don't think that's happening a lot of times, it, which is where I think you're right, and a lot of people saying that, oh, this has been so poorly managed, but they well, have not put in specifics. the legwork to know. Right, uh, yeah. I mean, it's so easy to say, well, I'll sit back and, you know, yeah. say those kind of Armchair things. Armchair quarterback, right? Yes, yeah, so. All right, so. so uh, <laughs> all right, so Jeremiah, uh, whenever you're, uh, Whenever you're out talking to people, you've been hitting the uh, the campaign trail, I guess, pretty hard. Uh, we've the uh, Libertarian Party and all the volunteers have been coming and walking for you for a lot of weekends. But so, whenever you're out and you're talking to people, uh, what is the what is to you the most important issue that you bring up in this race? I I'm always trying to preach the uh, the hope that people's kids and grandkids get to stay in Henry County. Uh, and that we're a place that's that's welcoming to them and welcoming to, uh, to new industries coming in, to people that want to build houses and, and grow our community. Um, we've been a community that said no to an awful lot of things. And, and maybe some of those projects shouldn't have come here, but we've got a long string of, of saying no to development. Um, and what's happened is kids moved to New Jersey, people, people moved to Hamilton County, uh, an awful lot of the people that you grew up with, Dakota, and that I grew up with are gone. They're not here. And they, they go to school and they don't come back. Mm -hmm. um, and it very well could have happened to me. Uh, but I, you know, luckily I've had a job that's been, been able to support me. Uh, and, I, you know, it's based in Muncie and I'm able to live here. And for the role I have, I've got, a, you know, I've got the opportunity to stay. Um, but for somebody that's got a bachelor's degree or an advanced degree, you've got to create opportunities for people to, to stay in Henry County. Yeah. Um, and, you know, government's role in that is to, is to get out of the way sometimes. Uh, it's to make sure that we have good roads, good infrastructure, good sewers, good electricity, uh, and make sure that we're in an environment that's welcoming to that. Uh, and that's the conversation I've had over and over and over again. Uh, people want jobs, and they, you know, mm -hmm. across the board, all different levels. You know, in our district, as we've walked it, we've had houses anywhere from six or $700,000 down to twenty or $30,000 mm -hmm. homes, right? We have a very diverse community. Uh, just inside of Henry, Henry Township and, and in District 1. Uh, and all of those people need to be able to work. Um, and that's the, that's the biggest thing I've talked. You know, I've, people want to talk about national issues, and that's really not the, the job of the county council and the, the conversation we need to have. We all have our opinions. Um, but the number one thing for us is to make sure we have a reasonable budget, that we have limited government, that we don't create more taxes than are absolutely necessary, um, and we keep, keep the county, county council and county government under control. Um, so that's the conversation I've had. Yeah, and there are a lot of people I've, I've noticed out talking with voters um, as a chairman that there's a lot of people out here who uh, who think that they get uh, the commissioners and the council kind of mixed up. You know, 
you go and you talk about council races to the average voter and they think and they think about ordinances they don't think about financial sides they you know because uh, it's kind of different our our city council um they do set ordinances and it goes to the mayor it's it's more of a legislative body where your executive branch on the county side is the commissioners and they are the ones who delegate the ordinances and the county council is there for finances. The county council has, has the ability to play stopgap a lot of times. Yep. It only takes the opinion of four people to raise your taxes in Henry County. Four yep. people have to say yes and your tax rate just went up. Um, and I, I, I'm running on the pledge of we're, we're not going to do that. We're I don't say know no. that uh, there are four people on even on the current council that would want to do that, though. Well, they've done it. That, that's the thing is they just they just did it with the local income tax two years ago, and I you know I, I stood up and said, hey, let's not do this. You'll never get it back, and they did it, uh, and they all voted for it, and, you know, across the board. Nobody nobody stood up and said this isn't the right thing to do. The city councils, the the town councils, the county council, they they all have a little portion of the vote in that thing, and they all decided to do it. Um, and they've, they've had a track record of doing it. And then the next thing you know, three years down the road, well, we need more money for something else. And there's always a menu of options of ways to raise revenue and increase taxes. And if we don't stand up and say no, they're just going to keep doing it. You get yeah. taxed at every level. You pay the, enough in taxes. The problem, of course, as we all know, the property tax caps really killed it, the budget. So. But I, I think that's the opportunity we have as, as somebody in this seat from the county council level is you can use that platform to lobby the state legislature and say, yeah. you are causing a problem for the counties. Mm -hmm. The counties need to band together and right. fight back yeah. and, and talk to the Doug Eckerties of the world, the Gene Lysings, the Tom Saunders, and say, you've loaded a gun, you put it in our hand, mm -hmm. and you're asking us to pull the trigger on ourselves. And um, they do it over yeah. and over. They do it reluctantly. Unfunded mandate. But they do it, right? Yeah. So instead, they should be going to the county, the county councils and county commissioner uh, representatives should go to the state house in January and knock on the doors and say, that's enough of this. But Stop I honestly it. think that people on the council, I believe that they have in mind that there are so many people that are on a fixed budget that tax increases are not easy and they're not, you don't want to pass them. So I don't think things are just done cavalierly and lightly. Right. But, I, I, just, but, I just want the bravery of saying no. Have <laughs> well, yeah. And, and everything that comes up, you've got to look at different um, ways to cut costs where you can so that you don't have to raise taxes. Well, so then, what's, uh, Pat, what's been the most important issue for you in this campaign whenever you're, whenever you're talking to voters? I want to listen to what they're saying. Um, sometimes they've asked me, you know, why are you running? Or a lot of times we just have friendly chats about what's going on um, locally or nationally, and we try to redirect a lot of it, or sometimes we listen to what they have to say. Um, but it's interesting, just as an aside, and it, it's not been an issue per se for me, other than I do care about it, but um, like the wind turbine, I've got my own personal, you can tell me what you ran into or came up with, but I of all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people we have met, I have one and a half people <laughs> who was for the wind yeah, turbines. And the ha the half person, I said, I'm going to count you as a half because he said, I've got family that s stands to make money from it, but I myself am against it, and I think it's unfair. And everybody, people have a basic sense of fairness, and so I think that seemed to come over and over and over again that they didn't support it.
So I, I hear the wind issue, and obviously everybody does. It dominated the primary oh, the, yeah. for the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was a massive purge, and especially out in the counties, uh, you know, the, the incumbents really struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have the overthrows in, the, in Henry Township, but in District 3 and District 4 we did, and with yeah. the commissioner's race we did. Um, and the, in those areas, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was significant. Uh, I'm not in favor of government subsidies and government picking winners and losers. So wind turbines, in general, don't don't work in the marketplace without the federal government backing them, right? Mm-hmm. Saying that we have to do it at the federal level. At the state level, some states say that you have to buy a certain amount of green energy or, or wind, wind power. I don't agree with that policy. Uh, but it's not the role of the county council. The one place that we do have a role is with the tax abatement. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I ran for this in 2014, at the the, the thing we're going to do tomorrow night is the the uh, Chamber of Commerce forum. Mm-hmm. At that forum, I said no to abatements, all abatements. Mm-hmm. It's the same story. Well, I I don't know about so, all abatements, but right, and we can talk about that in a second. Yeah. But that was that was the reasoning for that because we're subsidizing at every level. So I don't want to be complicit with that at the county level. Mm. Uh, in a, now past that, and I think that kills it. Right, there's never been a, a wind installation in Indiana without, a, without mm-hmm. tax abatements from the mm-hmm. county level. They move on to the next town. So I think that does it. And then in addition to that, with the with this four-mile thing that's come yeah, about, I like. uh, you know, it, it sounds like 90% of the yeah. sites have been eliminated because of that. So yeah. it sounds and like that's that it's citizen been, power. Right, so, so it's I, been killed like two that. different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, it's not our role, but I, I wouldn't use the force of government to tell somebody what they can't build on their ground unless there's a real a true safety issue. But it's not our role as a council, right? That's commissioner's job. So if we wanted to have that fight, then two years from now we should run for county commissioner. But it's not the it's not the role of the county council. That's not that's not our gig. Yeah, yeah. right. So, it's not within our. Yeah, so, that, so what, what it's, a, it's a very limited scope, and that's mm-hmm. that's been my position on the wind issue. I, everybody in this race, Ken and yourself and my and, and I, we're all against the abatements. Mm-hmm. So then the real conversation is, okay, what's next? How how do we see Henry County going forward, and how mm-hmm. do we make it the best place? To right, live? I agree that. So how do you with uh, with Jeremiah's thoughts on the on the wind issue? We're skipping down a little bit, but we'll get back to the other things. What do, what are your thoughts on wind energy in Henry County? Is there is there a place for it? Would you support abatements uh, if say Calpine came in front of the council and ended up asking for them? Well, I'm not an expert, but what I have looked up is possibly what they are offering Calpine and et al. Um, might be. Um, <laughs> almost like the opposite of state of the art at this point. I, I think there is a future, but it's way down the future, perhaps, because um, you can look at different designs that might be more effective. I've had people tell me about um, other clean, green energy that, doesn't, that isn't so impactful to the environment and to the people around it, that whatever it is, structure, and so I think we're looking at something that's going to be passe before long. And I, I, don't, I don't think it makes sense to support something yeah, the, like that, the industry, especially if, when if, so many people are against it. So If, this if is, you didn't have government getting involved in it anyway, it wouldn't exist, right? Government caused this problem that Henry County's fight, fight facing because they say you've got to buy a certain amount of it on the grid, step one, and two, they've supported it, giving tax tax breaks and incentives to these companies to exist because government also supported solar and then it backed off of that so i I don't know if it's purely the motivation and and my thing is which i mean i'm not running for office but to just put my little two cents in here you mentioned uh, government was uh, heavily subsidizing solar they still do subsidize it but they definitely backed off right and um being in that industry 
whenever the government backed off of solar, you can go out and buy enough solar panels to power your home right now, and it's going to cost you a few hundred bucks. And I think that that's what could happen with wind energy. It's going to be, if if government backs out, which I think it will, uh, just because it's kind of following the same path as what solar did, then the market is going to innovate so rapidly I with this technology to where if if these counties and these localities that are putting uh, wind farms in right now, they're going to be obsolete within mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's yeah. just my two cents. All, all of that said, I don't think that's what this race is about. It's not about no. energy policy, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're... Unless you're Darren Jacobs and you want to advocate for municipal power, the, uh, the social. But we Darren. could talk we, about we abatements, run, though. We could. Oh, let's, we, we, could we talk, talk about, about abatements. Absolutely. Uh, so my my objection to abatements is is a philosophical one, uh, and it's 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 a principle decision. Um, I think it it can be con- it can be arbitrary. Uh, it can be politicized, where Company A gets it, but Company B didn't. Um, I know Henry County has the Economic Development Corporation, which would. Um, which would provide the resources to companies mm-hmm. that want to apply. Uh, but I think it's bad public policy in general. Not Henry County in, in, specifically, but on the global level or the entire state of Indiana, tax abatements are bad policy. But they every, are... Every, every it, community winds up giving them, right? Yeah. So that's, and if you don't, you're, out, you're left out in the cold. Yeah, but that said, I, I'm one vote. If I win, I'm one vote. I'm probably going to lose six to one or five to one I'm if the president curious. doesn't vote. But, but the, it's, it's not equal protection. Under the law, you're, you're supposed to give everybody the same treatment. So if you decide that company B comes into town and you're going to give them an, an abatement, then they're not equal to company A that, that was already here. Company A could probably apply, but what if they're a small business that doesn't have the resources to navigate government tax for that abatement? Now, here, Corey Murphy would probably do the paperwork for you. Mm-hmm. But when I worked for a small manufacturer in Delaware County, they had to hire a consultant to get their abatements. Not everybody has the wherewithal to do that. So you're setting up a system where government's getting involved in picking winners and losers. I think it's bad public I, policy. Well, but because the government is not coming in and saying, this is the abatement that you're going to give and this is the company. The, the decision is local. But they create these rules and these hoops that you have to jump through uh, that you have to comply with, and compliance costs are, are a barrier to where the larger groups are going to get it. I think you're, you're being unfair to the local businessmen that, that are already operating in your community. It's a, it, and I, I understand that I'm in the minority on that, right? It's a, it's a nuanced position, and it's a platform position. If I win and Jesse Riddle wins, we're going to lose 5-2 to two or 4-2 to two or whatever the number is. I, I don't think there's a single project that's going to come to Henry County that my position on that is going to kill the job, that's going to kill the project from coming in. But it's a principled thing for me, and it's a, it's a very real issue, and I think that Indiana needs to stop it on a global level. It, the entire state of Indiana needs to get out of that business. So, and I think it's the opportunity to put to make a stand. Well, and by, the, it, conveniently, now now this the, the anti wind group has adopted the same position, but only arbitrarily for one reason, where the reality is, is it's it's rooted in principle, and that's how I got there. And the but mm. the but the difference is is that if you if you did do away with tax abatements, you would have to lower lower property taxes for everyone. Like it, you couldn't just do away with the tax abatements for the state of Indiana; otherwise, they'll go to Ohio if you keep the property tax rates the same, right? To an extent, some businesses are going to locate in Indiana because, because geography says that they need to be in Indiana. Uh, freight and other factors get involved. Uh, but it's bad public policy across the board. Indiana, Ohio, different people have different tax structures and different, different ways that systems are set up. Um, property taxes are, are not my ideal way of funding government. Uh, but the abatement How would you system, then? 
How are you going to fund government? If of course, I could, you don't want right, for any government. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm pretty cool with stop signs um, and roads uh, and basic infrastructure. You know, we like it when the trash gets picked up. Um, although but, I but think here's the thing. Okay, on a local issue, sure. people are struggling um, with the old Firestone plant, and they're waiting for the EDC to come along and do whatever they are supposed to do to make that property um, not dangerous. But we're waiting on EDC because and EDC, the EPA, right? The or, EPA, I'm sorry, not the EDC. EDC. The EPA, thank you. Um, but we're waiting on them because and they're not funded properly, staffed enough. We, if we cut taxes so much that we're not staffing properly for the services that are really needed, even on the local level, like a, a government, you know, big government needs to help us with those things that that aren't uh, able to be managed locally. Government, like we, government has a really good way of breaking your legs and handing you a set of crutches and saying you're welcome. <laughs> that's the that's that's the that's the a you know clever phrase, but I don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the way I view it. Um, I, I I think if if they got out of the way, a lot of these things could be taken care of by them by, on their own. But we we say a pro, uh, a site is unacceptable or unavailable, and we have to apply for a grant, and we wait two or ten or fifteen years to get something cleaned up. Uh, when we try to do something as government, it costs more money and it takes longer to get it done. Some of these things we're not very good at. And that's why I'm excited about the direction Memorial Park has gone with the, you know, with the Saddle Club operating and being independent. Mm -hmm. uh, with the, you know, we still have a golf course in Memorial Park, but it's now it's privately operated and the county's not losing money on it. It's actually better than it was when we owned it. But we still have a great well, public golf course available. Well, the government isn't in the way of create, creative problem solving in a community. So it can't imply that. So, have anything to say? You're just gonna leave it there. I think we leave it there. We okay. can leave it there. We've we've walked that <laughs> horse enough. We yeah, did, that's right. and you All like right. horses, and so do I. All right, Jeremiah, you mentioned uh, Memorial Park, and you were happy with the way that the direction that's going. Do you feel the the same way, Pat? Do you have any feelings on Memorial Park? I was glad to see the um, interest in Memorial Park, and you were involved in for a couple of years in the Friends of. Yeah, Memorial so park. I was I was on the park board for a couple of years. I, I joined Friends of Memorial Park, and that was founded mm -hmm. while I was there. Uh, Friends of Memorial Park was created because the county, the county government, and the state board of accounts. Every time we brought in extra revenue for the park, the state board of accounts would end up not giving back 100% mm -hmm. of what you brought in. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was created as a as a private mm -hmm. nonprofit to support pro park projects. Yeah, uh, and, that and makes then sense. and then I serve on the uh, on the expo board. Uh, mm -hmm. So the new facility yeah. that's being built there. Uh, as that is the fundraising and the capital campaign is underway, mm -hmm. I'm I'm on that board as well. So I've, I'm still yeah. involved in a number of areas with the park. Yeah. So I yeah, and I've um, attended a meeting um, where they presented about the expo center, and I think it offers a lot of opportunity, um, economic growth here in the county, but also as a site. Um, I've heard more explanation. Uh, Kim Crunk was saying that. Perhaps there could be it could be like a um, incubator for different businesses, possibly, um, and it can be a multi-use facility, at, you know, going forward. But also because we don't have a site that is large enough to to house and um, bring people for conferences and seminars and all. So that's yeah, it's really a, good. So the, it's got the opportunity as, to be a, a true destination Yeah, site. but as far as the Friends of the Park, um, I think it's great. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy because the Memorial Park has a special place in the heart of 
probably anybody that's lived here long enough. So emotions will come into play. Uh, but I think the direction was you had to, the people that have taken steps like the Doughboy and that, he needed help. He needed to be saved from, um, you know, the damage of years of so wear. So. A lot of times what's happened is things like the Doughboy, that it just gets ignored. And then a group comes along and has mm -hmm. a plan, and a board says, well, you're willing to do this project? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it... But it's, that's not a lack of government per se. It's well, a freedom it's, in, within your community to see a need and take action, just like the dog pound. Right. But it's a, it's a, when a project is ignored or it's forgotten and the park doesn't have the budget to take care of it themselves, uh, it took the, the attention of, of the HOPE initiative and this process mm -hmm. that came, came so, along two uh, or three yeah. years ago to yeah. ignite it and that's what you yeah. know all the all of the projects but we that were are coming. also in a financial downturn and i mean right but the nice we're not in a vacuum right. so but the nice uh, thing is these are now it's private money right it's it's people which going out no and raising, one will argue that that's right. raising good. raising private yeah. money and there's probably been over a hundred thousand dollars in private investment yeah. in the park uh in the last two years yeah so that's all so you good. uh speaking about the private money the the expo center um has taken has taken a little bit of public money um, and they are trying to raise uh, an additional four million dollars to try to get this uh, to get this project financed. Um, if they did end up having to come uh, towards the for, to the council and try to seek more uh, county money, is that something that you would approve of? Like giving them money to help build the expo center? What about you, Jeremiah? I know you sit on the expo center board. So yeah. we'll start with you. Uh, my my view is there were there were structures that were used by by 4-H um, that were in disrepair for by the county. So the county took out a two million dollar bond. Uh, about one point two million dollars of that came uh, back to the Memorial Park for for park improvements. At the time of the bond, those were going to be used to rebuild the existing structures that mm -hmm. were there. So it was basically the park taking care of buildings that were dilapidated and that mm -hmm. were the, on the park's roll. Um, I'm okay with uh, that money that was already earmarked for the park being used for this capital project. I think that's fair. And that would have mm -hmm. rebuilt what was there. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not be in favor of doing any additional public money. Uh, I think that you know the, the county's more than met their end. Uh, and now it's up to the community to pitch in and, and to get the rest of the way through uh, through private private contributions. Uh, right. You know, one point two million dollars pays for the public side uh, and would have replaced what was there. So now now they've got the runway. The the, the Expo Board Group has got the runway to make something incredible. Uh, but I would not support any additional public dollars. All right. What about you, Pat? Well, um, also I know that the. Buildings were dilapidated. There were a lot of problems, and there will be improvements to the park as a result of the efforts and the changes that the Expo Center is bringing. As far as uh, other money, I would have to study it more, quite honestly, because um, I don't know what the cost is going to be. Um, I think public money, public seeking funds from the public is probably the best way to get the, the money, but it I don't know. I, in all truth, I don't know probably what, how that. I would vote There's, until I have more information. Probably right. a lot of things you have to think about funding before you get to the Expo Center, right? Um, kind of like the, uh, the county jail. Yeah, mm. nice segue yeah. into that. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. that's you see how I'm going. <laughs> like right. you've done this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Pat, what do you think about the county jail? What's your position on it? Does Do we need to just go in there and do a... Uh, 
flip or flop on the on the jail and rehab it, or do we need to build a new facility? Um, and how can we fund that? Well, when I think about the jail, I don't I don't think about a building per se. Um, when I worked uh, twelve years in an emergency room, I worked literally side by side with police when they bring people in, and they were all you know a lot of them were violent and we would wrestle them into a card and try to take care of them and so forth. Um, I've worked with police. I worked um, for a couple, or I can't remember exactly how long, at the state prison, Newcastle Correctional Facility. So I've worked in corrections for a while. Um, um, so I've seen, I've seen the people that are incarcerated. I've worked with them. I, it's a tough job. But what I'm learning is that, and I just went to a seminar again today uh, about uh, addiction, um, substance abuse. It's such a complex problem, and the vast majority of the people in our jails uh, are people with substance abuse issues. And so I don't think the problem of the jail is going to be fixed by just a jail and that um, we can think of... Uh, solving our problems by putting people in a bigger jail or a newer jail or a jail that's part of it's here and part of it's here. I think the real answer will be a whole community response and it's going to take the entire community to really understand and assess the problem. We, uh, don't, we don't know all the resources we have in this community. Um, taking care of things such as um, alternatives to jail in turn, alternatives to incarceration and the programs that we already have in place, but programs that can support more of that. Yeah, so building a new jail is, a, is addressing a symptom and not, yeah. not the root but cause. But I do think, and, and it's been stated by people who are very knowledgeable, such as Rick McCorkle, Kim Cronk, Butch Baker, that our facility, this present structure, is not adequate. And you can't expect people to be safely contained within the jail, and you can't expect staff to work in unfit um, environment, you know, or, or a, a facility that does not support the needs that you have. So it's got to be addressed, and that's very urgent because we have a suit or there's some a, There's suits. a pending yeah. federal lawsuit. Yeah, so, uh, and other counties are going to fall like dominoes and us with them if we don't do something. So the time is now, and that is like the high, high priority. Yep. So, uh, so whenever we had Jesse uh, Riddle and Dakota Clark come on, uh, both of them were kind of in agreement of let's, uh, let's address these, these actual issues. And then, and then we'll see if we still need to build a new facility. Is that kind of where you're at? Well, or, I mean, obviously something needs to, if, even if we don't build a new facility, something needs done with the facility that's there mm -hmm. right now, right? I'm so. not an expert. I mean, I, this is a big, big problem. So I have been studying, I have life experience and professional experience with people who are incarcerated. Um, however, we have to rely on the assessments of our professionals that are there now. So. I think we have to strongly rely on what they say as well. So if they say that there's no possible way we can get through this without building a new facility, then I think we have to take that, take their expertise and their experience. Trust the expert. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. All right. What about you, Jeremiah? 
Um, there's, I, I don't think there's anybody that can that can say that the current facility we have now works, right? That there's, I don't think there's anybody that's running for council that says, yeah, we don't need to mm -hmm. solve this problem. Um, the question is, is how do we pay for it? What do we build? What's the appropriate facility? Um, once again, I think it's kind of a platform issue. The county is trying to react to something the state caused. Uh, Henry County has a jail problem no matter what, but 91 counties in Indiana have jails, and about 85% of them are trying to solve an overcrowding mm -hmm. problem. We're bursting at the seams because the General Assembly has said that level six felons have to stay in the county facilities, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, Randy Fry is a state representative uh, for southeastern Indiana. He introduced, uh, or is introducing for this session, a regional jails bill, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is, is probably a good move or the right direction to, to get people out of the, out of the local jails. Uh, if you're awaiting sentencing, yeah, you need to be in a local facility. Uh, but well, if, if because maybe you, need, you don't need to be awaiting sentencing in a jail too. Right. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a system set up right. where bonds are bonds yeah. are too difficult. You know, if, right. if there's any way we can get you back to work and into the into the mm -hmm. community and keep your job, mm -hmm. then that should be step one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's very very fair point. Mm -hmm. um, so we should minimize the population that we have at all, mm -hmm. as much as possible. That are people that actually have to be locked up and in the county county facilities. Once we've done that. Uh, I agree that we do need a facility. Um, I think that we can look at Dearborn County. They built a facility in the eight to ten million dollar range um, that I think is probably pretty reasonable for us to shoot for that. Uh, I think we can do that through the existing tax revenue structure we have now. Um, there's a proposal that the legislature created instead of solving this overcrowding problem. They said, well, you guys can build your own local jails and add an additional income tax. Um, the right. income tax would be about 90 bucks a year on somebody that makes $45,000 over 20 years. So that's $36 million out of the pockets of the people of Henry County to solve this problem that I think the state caused. Uh, if, I, if we have the choice between $36 million and H $10 million project, let's go to the H $10 million route mm -hmm. and do something that's serviceable and, and works that's new um, but is not going to create another line of, of taxation. If we create another line of taxation 20 years from now, the legislature is going to say, well, you can still use that for public safety. They'll change the rules, and it'll never sunset. We don't, we don't sunset taxes. Um, if you look at the Umbaugh report, what the county council mm -hmm. looked at in August, you know, if you read that report, yeah. it says, well, you have the opportunity to income, increase your, your local option income yeah. tax that you put in place. You can raise another 5 or $6 million if you just max mm -hmm. that tax out. You get a menu of options for increasing, but you never really see them say, ah, you could cut taxes in this way. They don't, they're not the very deal. good at that. I, I do think... Um, we in this small space, three people talking about this, the key will be to get a bigger community input so that people can understand and agree. You know, the community is deciding and saying, okay, this is what we can do, this is what we will do, this is what we would even vote on doing. So I do think we need I think, public input. I think, I think the election is the public input, though, right? We, we come up with a, with a group of ideas as candidates, and then we say, this is how I'm going to govern. This is the leading mm -hmm. I'm doing. This is the plan that I have. And if you agree with that plan, then vote for me. I think the jail is the number one issue in the race. Mm -hmm. It's not wind. It's, it's what we do with right. the jail. Yeah. Uh, and this is the proposal that I have. I've talked to Chad Malicote about it, and I think it's the, I think it's the right direction. Because uh, I think increasing taxes is just a, a, a slippery slope for, for well, never getting rid of them. Well, and for you to say that, I don't think anyone wants to increase taxes. I don't think anyone's saying, well, let's mm. increase Kennan taxes. Kennan was on here during the primary, and he fully advocated for House Bill 1263 to, mm. to place the uh, another 0.2% income tax. Oh, I didn't so, hear that podcast. Yeah. Right, Sorry. yeah. He, it, was, it was something that he's continued to promote, uh, and, and Bartholomew County did that. Mm -hmm. And Vigo County has done that. I mean, the, the, the legislature put it in place, and some counties have already made that decision. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I, I know what will happen is, you know, in the position is advocated, well, let's do that and we'll offset other taxes. Well, then the next unbar report, when you and I aren't on the council in four years or eight years or 12 years, that tax you put in place is there, but then they can go ahead and increase that other tax. So you didn't intend to raise the tax, but 12 years from now, that's what happened. The tax rate went up. And that's that's what we have to guard against. And that's I think that's our that's our responsibility right. as council people. Right. Because I as agree. soon as you create another line item, the next guy's going to try to max it out because he doesn't know the history. Yeah. Historic, Government just tries to grow. Historically mm -hmm. speaking, that's that's typically what happens. Yeah. You're right. The the statistics are on, are on your side with that. Uh, all right. There's the jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else have we got on this paper. <laughs> I'm I'm making a checklist as we go. <laughs> uh, we're we're already like at an hour, so oh. let's uh let's get through uh, real quick. I don't want to skip over this subject mm -hmm. because I think it's rather important. Um, uh, Pat, tell me a little bit about county roads. Thank, and thank God, Kenneth didn't show up. We wouldn't have had time to talk. <laughs> no, we're already at an hour. Just the two of us. <laughs> he did us all a favor. Thanks, mm -hmm. Kenneth. Uh, so, uh, Pat, what should be happening with our count with our county roads? Like. Specifically, how do we prioritize road maintenance? Uh, if you, how and if, or if, I don't really know how to word that. Um, if you could change, there we go. If you could change how they were maintained, how would you? Oh, that uh -oh. was my purse, but it just <laughs> slipped off the, per the chair. I thought there. it was something I'd done earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, well, this is a question almost... Um, formulated for your favorable response, you know, because if you do, do you do roads? Yeah, I work in the road, okay, so, I work in the road construction okay, industry. So, but it's, so it's, it's one of here's those things the deal. we've, we've I would talked love, about to everybody. I would love to ask you, sure. why do we, this is something that's been on my mind for many years, and I've never talked to anybody who does roads, so here we are. I do I do bridges, not roads. I'm okay, not much bridges, yay, guy. bridges. <laughs> okay, but I'm a bridge why, builder, Why a do we use the materials that so easily destroy or crumble? Why don't we go with, in Europe, they don't, from what I understand, from something I read some time ago, the they construct their roads better so that they're gonna last longer. And I've always wondered that, and um, as far as, Improving the road situation, um, the state maintains the state highways and the county roads can have problems. Um, we all travel them. You and I travel to Muncie frequently. Absolutely. I travel every day to work. I go most days. Um, <laughs> so um, I think they try to prioritize high maintenance, high, high routed traffic patterns and fix those. But... Uh, I'm not an expert on that, so let's hear from Jeremiah and see what, what yeah. you say. Yeah, so the county commissioners, when you get elected to be a county commissioner, two years from now, we can't wait for you, for you to run. Uh, or this year, this yeah. year. <laughs> the, uh, the, they send you to road school, right? So the, the commissioners usually end up going to road school. They go to pre-university for a week or two, uh, and they kind of learn how, how drainage works and how it's important to build county roads. Um, and the plan that the, the county has had the last couple of years is they've, they've done exactly what you said. They've tried to prioritize named roads like Brown Road, Greensboro Pike, Heavily Dublin Town, you know, heavy Dublin Pike, the, the, the collector roads are, are the ones that they've, mm -hmm. they've tried to prioritize. Uh, and then Joe Wiley, the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the highway uh, superintendent, uh, has led that group and prioritized, prioritized the roads. Uh, it shouldn't be a political thing. You know, the, the council people really shouldn't say, yeah, well, I live on Jeffrey Street, so we should we should definitely make sure Jeffrey Street's taken care of this year, right? 
I don't are, think they do. I don't know. Right. That, that's that's that. the old joke that everybody always had. But it, it yeah. should be there. Should I don't be metrics. Know that they do that. That would be dangerous. And that's and that's what Joe does. Uh, is is they you know they they have a road paving plan and a schedule mm -hmm. and they and they work on that. Yeah. Um, they raised our gas taxes a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. The counties have finally got some more money, and I think they've they've got a decent plan in place, and they need to be able to work that uh, work that plan. Um, they've got more money to to actually pave more miles this year than they did two years ago. Well, Jim, uh, yeah, that fund is is right. strong. That, that's been much better. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so that's it, not an issue. So it's it yeah. I, we're not going to raise taxes at the county level mm -hmm. or, or increase revenue. They right. need, they need to, you know, we've had 800 miles of county road, uh, and it takes time for them to work that plan. I think they're going to. One nice move that they made a few years ago, and I'm sorry that uh, he was stolen away from us, is the county hired their own highway engineer, uh, Joe oh. Copeland. Uh, and he was, he was in place, so instead of having to go outside and, and get cons uh, an outside consultant to do a lot of bridge design, Joe was designing his own bridges that were appropriate for Henry County. So for some of our more rural areas, he was mm -hmm. able to build bridges at a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, he went to another county, uh, and I'd love to see them replace that position again. I think that was a very wise move of the county council and the county commissioners and Joe Wiley to bring him in, in um, and he did a great job while he was here. Uh, and I think you know, that was being a very good steward of the county's money uh, because he was able to use the assets we had and his knowledge uh, at a very reasonable rate so for the county. So what you're bringing, to the new idea, because we already know that the funding is there. Yeah. It's been solid for some Yeah, the time. last couple of years, so they finally had some So that's not a new thing. So what you're, you're uh, proposing is to bring this bridge guy in. Well, somebody in that type of position okay. again, yeah. That they, should have, they should definitely have the position of a county highway engineer again. Uh, some years, sometimes they've had it, some they haven't. And I think he was stolen away maybe by Barth, uh, Bartholomew, not Bartholomew, Either Ripley or Dearborn County, somewhere in southeastern Indiana. He went down to Liberty or Brookville mm -hmm. or somewhere down that way, because uh, they paid him more money. Um, but that that was, you know, it was it was a loss for the county because he did mm -hmm. a great job. He he built roads that were uh, you know, bridges that you know they're not interstate quality, but they were serviceable for the county uh, in a way that that, that were real okay. simple single span bridges. Um, so I think I think that was a, a a great thing the county did, and it extended the amount of structures we could build mm -hmm. on the dollars we had. All right. Well, there's roads. My roads. <laughs> Got <laughs> okay. those roads in. So uh, a couple, I have a couple questions at the very end of the sheet that uh, I, I think are creative and I want to ask. Um, and so we have, we have two candidates here for County Council District 1. Um, Kenan uh, did, did not want to come on tonight, so we have, a, we have an empty chair for him. We, we told him that we would save it for him if he, uh, if he decided to come. But you know, we didn't hear any knocks at the door. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, um, we'll start with you, Jeremiah. What traits do your opponents have that you admire, if there are any? Oh, yeah. I, uh, Pat's done a great job with her race. Uh, oh, I, I've, she's, you know, <laughs> I've been to an awful lot of doors where Pat's beat me there already. Uh, and she's done, a, <laughs> she's done a very good job. Uh, I know she hasn't been very active on social media. Uh, but she's yeah. done. A, she's done a great job of getting to voters, talking to voters, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, I know she's been following up. My cousin got a postcard. I, I, went, I went to her <laughs> house and said, "What in the world? She's mailing letters to people." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's doing a great job, and I'm ex I'm excited. I really thank you for running, and I'm excited mm -hmm. you're running. Uh, you make Kenan and myself better candidates. Uh, I wish that we had more three or four way races. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, it's very sad that we don't have another candidate in the commissioner's race because I think mm -hmm. Ed Tarantino should interview for that job. Mm -hmm. I like Rick McCorkle a lot, but I think he would be a better sheriff if he had had some competition this mm -hmm. time, right? It, we have, you know, and for the other county offices as well, county treasurer, county auditor, county clerk. 
people need to run for office. Mm -hmm. And it's, I thank you for running. So it's a big deal. Oh. Wow. All right, same question, Pat. What, uh, what traits do your opponents have that you admire, if there are any? Well, sure there are. <laughs> <laughs> they are intelligent and articulate. Um, I think they're um, committed and care about the community. So um, I think that we're all good candidates. I think I'm the best. So well, You um, should. Here we are. <laughs> I didn't have my... Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's been enjoyable meeting you. I think we're going to leave here friends, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. Yep. You might be my county councilman. i got to be, you know... I know. I don't want to yeah. get on your bad side. <laughs> no. No, that's fine. So are we done? Because I had one other oh, thing. Oh, we're not, we're not quite done oh. yet, no. No, we're okay. not done yet. Are you kidding me? We're only oh. an, an, an hour and ten minutes into this. Oh, I thought it was. An it's hour a sixty show. to ninety yeah. minute. We can oh. we can go another three hours. <laughs> you want a bottle of water? I'm going to grab another bottle of water. I'm I'm good. All right. In Anything, Dakota? No. I'm you want okay. a beer? No. I, I'm perfectly fine. So, whenever we bring people in here, Pat, we always uh, like people who are seeking office. We always ask um, in politics, in this realm of politics that we have found ourselves in. Uh, is there one specific person, doesn't necessarily have to be on Henry County Council or in Henry County government, is there one specific politician that you think you would try to model yourself after if you're elected? Okay, well, this was, I took the other question, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Okay. <laughs> because the question originally, as I understood it to be, was who on the council did you admire or would yeah, I admire? So um, I wanted to go down because, in all truth, um, public service is not easy. Being a public servant, you catch a lot of flack and you, you spend hours that no one will ever know that you're putting in. Absolutely. So I wanted to do the, quote, shout out or acknowledge um, these people. Mike Thals, I've known him nearly all my life. He's probably known me longer than I knew him. <laughs> but, um, cause, uh, but anyway, he, I've respected him as a an honest, good businessman and great person and a person who cares about his community. Nate Lamar, I think he's brilliant. I think he's dedicated, capable, talented, and um, amazing person. Harold Griffith, I remember as uh, way back when we were both a lot younger. Um, Harold sent the police after us, I hear. <laughs> there he is. Um, but working with him in his capacity as an officer and mine as a nurse, um, so I've always respected him and his work, and I think police um, officers, they have a, a hard, hard job. Um, they have so many challenges, so many, and the hours and the, and the situations they're in, and so I highly respect what they do. Richard Bauslog, uh, the first thing that comes to mind are two words, class act. He's a class Absolutely. act, and um, I've always admired him, and I've known his family all these years, all my life, um, wonderful family and wonderful guy, and um, I, I've seen the term servant leadership, and I've often tried to emulate that in my nursing management positions, but I think Dick is a perfect example of a servant leader. Um, long, long time public servant, uh, mm -hmm. both in both in his day job yep. and in the public schools, and yep. forty years in, in this yeah. seat, right? Yep, and um, steady guy, knowledgeable. And then Robin Fleming, um, I, for one, I, the first word that came to my mind was brave, 
because she's a woman when she's been the only woman on the council. Um, she's intelligent. She is a lifesaver. She has saved lives. And she's, she's told us in different meetings and times the things like what's going on in her day and all the last minute uh, really critical issues that she's dealt yeah, with. Yeah, she, uh, she's, she's got a busy life outside yeah. of the council. It's been, it's, it's yeah. been rough trying to get her scheduled yeah. to come on for her episode. But she's a, uh, she's a decision maker and she deliberates and she's intelligent as most nurses are. And um, she's not been a, a member of the boys club, but she's still been very effective. So um, as regarding the, um, the council, that All I right. thought I would use my time for that. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Jeremiah? Uh, there's a number. Uh, I greatly respect Dick. You know, I talked about how after every race I've been in, I've become friends and admired the people that I've, I've been in races with. Uh, and Dick came on the show and his, you know, the, the work he did with Robert Indiana and that trip he took with Aaron Dickin uh, was a really big deal. Uh, Dick, was, uh, Dick was a very good councilman and somebody to look up to. Um, obviously, Nate Lamar. I've, I've known Nate for a long time. His kids came through our 4-H program. Um, and I knew Nate when I was a homeschooled high school kid. He was including us in the GOP uh, debate stuff. I was in the very first one, oh gosh, 20 years ago at this point, just about. <laughs> I can't believe I've been out of high school that long, but here we are. Um, <laughs> it was probably 98, 99, somewhere in there. Uh, and, and those were always fun. So I've known Nate a long time and looked up to him. And obviously, he's a, you know, uh, got got a resume longer than all, all, every, everybody else in town combined, right? right. So he's been great. Um, uh, Clay Morgan, obviously, has been, has been very brave, and I've appreciated his endorsement and the leadership he's had, and he's been the lone no vote on a lot of things, which I look up to. Um, having, having courage and, and the, the backbone to, uh, to lead on issues, even when you know you're going to be on the losing side. Uh, you know, if you look at Supreme Court decisions, some of the, um, some of the most celebrated decisions that are made have, have a one vote or a two vote dissent, uh, and that's very important, and it's educational. Um, you, you know you're not always going to get your, your, your way. And we're not electing an executive. We're electing a board member. Uh, and having diversity of opinion is, is a very big deal uh, on a board like this. And I think having multiple, multiple perspectives is important. And that's one of the reasons why I think uh, having a libertarian voice on the, on the Henry County Council is probably a good thing. Uh, federally, a lot of people have answered it that way in the past. Uh, Thomas Massey, uh, the congressman, the Republican congressman from, uh, from the Lexington, Louisville area, uh, rural Kentucky, uh, brilliant guy. Very principled, and I look Sassy up to Massey. Him. Sassy Massey. Uh, I, I really do look up to him. Uh, not afraid to buck the party line. Uh, not there for the wrong reasons. Uh, very, very high integrity guy. Uh, so I, I really do admire him on the national level. All right, cool. All right, we have reached that point in the show where we are ready for our final thoughts and uh, getting to our closing. So, Pat, this is going to be the time of the show where you can plug anything that you want to, how people raise, uh, donate money to you uh, if you're still raising money, which you're a candidate, so of course you are. That's, uh, that's what it takes, right? It takes money to run a, to run a race, yeah. you know? And uh, So if you want to pitch that uh, and uh, how people follow you on social media or get a hold of you if they have questions after this mm -hmm. show... Uh, okay. Go for it. All right. And this is my final yep. thing. This is your okay. pitch. This is it. Oh, well then, okay, well, we'll do this. Uh, here, let me zoom in on that. <laughs> Hold it up. Oh, oh, this has my badge, so I have to hide that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll okay, take that so out and that. post. <laughs> but, um, so you can reach me on Facebook at Pat Cronk for Henry County Council. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I'm not going to 
reach out for money. I don't care about that. But I am going to do something that you maybe never had on this program. I don't uh -oh. know. Uh-oh. It would be the first time I've seen it on this program because I've never watched your program. <laughs> but, Shame on you. But I know. Well, what, what can I say? But you're getting me, and this is me. So here we go. I'm going to sing. All right. And I grew up as listening to folk music. My generation, some of us, were very idealistic. So here's part, just a tiny part of a song. You're going to put Dakota's uh, audio processing it, to a test Okay, so here, here we go. Hold on. Hold on, I'm so it's just like a few lines, you. just a few lines, and I, okay. okay. <laughs> you got to do it, Pat. Got to, okay. You talked us up, now you got I to. I won't see the brilliant day or see the night when I'm gone. And I won't know what's wrong or what's right when I'm gone. Can't put my name into the fight when I'm gone. So I guess I've got to do it when I'm here. All right. Yes. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm trying to run I'm the camera, but I need to clap. I'm, <laughs> I'm in it because I care. So vote for me for all the things I can bring. I, uh, I, did, I wasn't told I needed for a song. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I did not do that. It, wasn't, it was not in the show notes. Uh, man, well, I... I got to thank uh, thank an awful lot of people uh, that have helped out with the campaign. Uh, I think this might be the first time that a libertarian has ever outraised the Democrat and the Republican in a mm -hmm. race, uh, which was an amazing feat. Uh, and it's because of the the broad um, support we've received from people in this community and across the state of Indiana, and people that are excited about the the ideas that we have. Um, got to thank the volunteers. We've had just wave after wave after wave of volunteers that have come through helping us door to door, uh, walking the district. Uh, it's been incredible. Um, a lot of great friends and new friends, uh, people that have heard the message and, and responded that I didn't even know when this started, uh, that have shown up and have been a part of it. Um, that's, that's one of the important things about running campaigns is you, you, you grow a network and you talk mm -hmm. about ideas and, and they take off. Uh, and I'm very optimistic that this uh, this cycle and this race, uh, you know, the the ideas of limited government that we preach, uh, are actually going to happen. Uh, that they're going to work out for people. Uh, I want to thank the audience. Uh, I've been watching the live feed, and there's over 35, 40 people watching this thing all night, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, thank love you, the, Jessica uh, and Kirsten. <laughs> love uh, love the support of the Patreon people that make this happen. Uh, this podcast, I think, is in its, some of its best form when we're doing the candidate interview series. Oh, um, and got to thank Wyland's Flowers for sponsoring and making making that happen. Uh, I would be derelict in my duties as a candidate if I didn't say check out JeremiahMoral.com. We do have a, uh, a button on there, not a Patreon button, but a, a donate button. Uh, got a few more things we're trying to knock out uh, in the last couple of weeks, so uh, always need to fuel the campaign. So anything people are able to do there, we appreciate. Uh, definitely want to ask for votes. Um, you know, Pat and I both need votes. Uh, this, I uh, need more. <laughs> <laughs> you can always. It, I know. I know that there's a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans and a lot of Independents and Libertarians that are looking and going. Man, I just don't know what to do. Um, it's this is this race is about voting for individuals, uh, mm -hmm. and and go in, do the right thing, do what's right for you. I may not be the right candidate for you. There might be some things that I said that that you can't quite come around to yet, and that's okay. Um, but if you like 80 or 90 percent of the stuff you hear from me, then then cast a vote for me, and it'll be okay. And if you don't like it, throw me out in four years. That's fine. Uh, I'll be I'll be really okay. Uh, so thank you, uh, Pat, for coming. Oh, I know I know it's different coming into a show where you know, one of the co-hosts is. I the, know, you know it's, also, yeah. well, We can we yeah. can acknowledge that, uh, but I appreciate you coming in. Uh, you know, one of the reasons we built this platform 
was to have conversations like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect when we started the show that I would be a candidate, but here we are. And I feel like we owed it to the audience to mm-hmm. not skip over this race. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I thank you for coming. Yeah. Okay. That, so that, yeah. One of Jeremiah's big tenants and one of the tenants that we've been preaching from the Libertarian Party of Henry County this year is county transparency, transparency mm-hmm. in county government. I'm like, What's it going to look like if the chairman of the Libertarian Party and one of the Libertarian Party candidates uh, just skips over the show for their race? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be right. Yeah. It wouldn't so, be you right know, at it, all. It, is it different having us having us host it? Yeah, it is. But it would also be very unfair to the race mm-hmm. if we didn't host right. it. So, and we, well, so, it's an advantage. It's a, it's a built-in advantage to... For sure. you, if, obviously. If, but... if you start a podcast, I'll come on your podcast tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'm there. Oh, I, I have, you tell yeah. me where your studio yeah. is, and I'm there. We always try, and to I'll keep... go on Kenan's show too. Yeah, we we. So whenever we started this thing, we said that uh, this show was going. We our goal for this show was to become a respected platform that was unbiased and unpartisan for candidates of every party to come on and have conversations about the issues. And to also have conversations about experts in different fields. So mm-hmm. economists, people, other people who, as we have witnessed things going on in the state of Indiana, we have experts come on that give an unbiased opinion of things that are happening. And I think that we've done a pretty decent job on that. And I, I like to think that we keep it unbiased. I don't, I like to think that we didn't make you feel too uncomfortable here tonight. By well, being they were really partisan. mean to me when I first got here. It was re- I was crying. I was really upset. No, they were very nice. Uh, but you may want to be um, talking about the jail in the future then, you know, get some oh, yeah. get, uh, public well, opinion and input and Yeah, we had uh we, we had explore uh, the problems Brandy and, Pierce and uh and Matt Pierce on the show, both police officers in in uh, Henry County and uh, we talked a little bit about the jail with them and the canine program and things like that. So yeah, we yeah, we we try to uh, be an open source of information for the county, and that's been our goal all along. And uh, you know, and I'll try and to get it, you around to a more democratic point <laughs> of view. Now, it, now <laughs> it seems like uh, a lot of Republicans are just trying to skip out on making any kind of appearance and hiding and hiding from the microphone and from the voters. And it's it's really a shame. And I guess that's that's my last final thought of of opinion is uh, is. If you're a candidate, uh, whether you're running for national office like Greg Pence or you're uh, a county council candidate that leaves a seat open with with his name on it, then you owe it to the voters to make your opinion known and make it as widely available as possible because that's how that's how democracy works. Um, and then, other than that, other than those final thoughts, of What's course— What's next week? You got anything planned next week? Nah, I got nothing planned next week. It's nothing— Nothing big. Uh, next week, well, hold on a second. Let me get through the candidate. Well, let me get through the. <laughs> let me get through the reads, and then and then we'll get to next week. Okay, but uh, so of course today's episode once again was brought to you by Wyland's Flowers in Newcastle. Uh, in Newcastle since 1951, and uh, as we said, they are the official florist for the Boss Hog of Liberty, uh, having done each, each uh, person in this room's uh, flowers for their wedding, and that's that's pretty cool. So uh, they do same-day delivery for all their flowers, and you can do online ordering. It's super easy. You just go on to wylandsflowers.net. You make your order and get it sent to your wife, even your husband. You know, your husband might yeah, want flowers, Yeah, they can send too. us flowers, right? Yeah. Come uh, on. Yeah, come it's on. It's not a one-way street. <laughs> Wylands will take a, a, a woman's money to send to a dude. That's right. Uh, why we gotta? Why we got to just be sending the flowers to the ladies? I don't, Double maybe the market. I don't flowers. 
Uh, Audrey's watching right now, and uh, Audrey, maybe I want some flowers. You don't know. <laughs> In your lapel. <laughs> yes, that's right. The, 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 kind of like the one that I had to Photoshop of your, off of your suit for the, the promo art today. But anyway, yeah, go to wildlandsflowers.net. You can order same-day delivery, or if you don't want to get on the Internet, then you can just call 765-529-6303 and then tell them that the Boss Hog of Liberty sent you. And right after you get done with that, then, of course, go over to patreon.com slash Liberty and sign up to be a Patreon member. Uh, you get some bonus content. You haven't gotten a lot this month. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, man. You're getting extra podcasts, though. Yeah, you're getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of stuff. Um, so if you go, sign up on Boss Hog Liberty, you get, uh, you get some pretty neat things. We try to take care of everybody, get uh, access to our super secret Facebook group uh, for only exclusive to the fans. And, of course, we need to plug our Amazon wish list as well. Look up Boss Hog Liberty on Amazon, and we're in the Craig DaCosta headphones. If you want a piece of equipment that's sponsored from you, then go to Amazon.com, search for our profile, and we got all kinds of neat There's things on there. There's a box that showed up today, by the way. Some sound tiles came from Paul and Joyce Morrill. Nice. Well, thank you, Paul and Joyce Morrill. We got uh, uh, the Paul and Joyce Morrill uh, sound tiles that are getting ready to go up. All right, and then next week is a two-show week. We have two episodes next week. Uh, there's an episode Thursday and an episode Friday, which is going to be the first and the second, which conveniently falls just a few days before I uh, move into my brand-new home. And, yeah, so that, that won't be stressful at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the first, we have all three candidates for uh, the state senate district. 26. 30, 26? I think it's 26. 26 or 36. 26. You're right. Okay, and then uh, Friday, November the 2nd, we have Chad Malico and uh, Robin Reno Fleming coming on, and they're going to be doing a discussion just like these guys had tonight. So, uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got a little piece of paper right in front of me that says, Hi, Jeremiah and Dakota. We hope that these help with the upcoming shows. Mom and Dad. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. As always, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you twice next week. And uh, tune in for our live stream tomorrow from the Candidate Forum in the Henry County Courthouse. Thanks for letting me be a guest on my own show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. <laughs>